Hey everybody, welcome to 100 Foot Jesus. This is your host, Matt. We have had some time off. We have been on a break. All my friends fans out there, you can get that reference, right? Ross, Rachel, on a break. Um, No episode last week. However, we preemptively made up for it because we had a bonus episode the previous week, so we're kind of caught up. Uh, But I know that a lot of you guys were wondering where your episode was last week. Um, We put a thing on our Facebook page last week, and I I want you guys to understand that um, everything that happened at the Capitol building this past Wednesday, it it was polarizing. There was a lot. Um, The episode we were going to talk about didn't capture that well. It just didn't. And also, with that said, I, I didn't want to jump on and talk about the Capitol building because here's the deal, and I think you guys kind of get this. The facts have to come out in today's society. Like, you know how weird 2020 was. You could have the Capitol building. I mean, guys, literally, 24 hours after the Capitol building, my very far right leaning, and I don't mean like, you know, I vote Republican usually. My very far right leaning friends, literally against all evidence, against all understanding, were telling me that was Antifa, not Trump supporters. And and I and I politely was just like, listen, guys, like we have creeps on all sides of this aisle. I mean, every aisle, like, and guys, there were there were thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of Trump supporters in Washington that day. And like a thousand of them came into the Capitol building. And what they did, in my opinion, you can say I'm wrong if you want to, because it's an opinion thing. What they did was terrorism. It, it was bad. And and so, and so as we process that day's events, I did not want to come out and say it because guess what? What if I was wrong? And what if Antifa makes a statement the next day? Yeah, we did it. And I'm like, okay, well, that didn't age well. I got to take down that episode. Or... What if I'm capturing all of this completely wrong? And I don't want to do that. Um, I don't want to be a part of a biased media because the media that we're a part of is biased on all angles. We understand this. If you've seen the social dilemma, and by the way, if you're a believer in Jesus or you just are so polarized by social media or you're on social media, you should watch The Social Dilemma. It's a Netflix documentary. We've talked about it before, but it just, it, it, it has different people, CEO, former CEOs and stuff of different big tech companies telling you about their algorithms that try their best to tell you what to think, what to believe, where to shop, what to, everything. And it's real that they can guess who you're going to vote for before you do. They can guess the type of music you're going to like next year. That's how the algorithms on the internet work. Um, when I'm on, you know, the Discover portion, a little magnifying glass on Instagram. It's literally, guys, if I click on something that's a little bit Trumpy, you know, little Trumpism to it, it will take me to a never-ending thread of pro-Trump things. But if I click on something that's a bit uh, more liberal, not very liberal, but a little liberal too. Um, it will take me on a never ending thread of the liberal side of things. And both of them see a completely different reality. And the reason is, is because the way the algorithm works, you're only going to see your biased opinion at all times. The way you interpret the news is the only way your news feeds are going to interpret the news, guys. It's the only way. So you're already like, uh, I don't like this. I don't like this. And then 
what the what social media does, all big tech, and I'm not talking just far right, far left. What it does is it creates extremism on whatever side you are completely and totally. Your Twitter feed can be like that with suggested tweets to read. If you are a big Alabama Crimson Tide fan, you will always hear about why Alabama is this, Alabama is that. If you're a big Texas A&M fan, you'll hear this. That's how it works. It gives you what is going to keep you on that app the most. And, and it's your interest. That's how it works. If you've been on suggested websites recently, those of you who have struggled with pornography, do you understand that your, your, the things they want you to follow and view on the different social media platforms are going to be more pornographic leaning because that's what they want you to be. Now, I say all that to say where we're at as a nation. First of all, let me preface this by saying we are not as bad off as we say we are. We're not. But what our nation is, is we are a kingdom that doesn't want a king. Does that make sense to you guys? We're a kingdom that doesn't want a king. Some of you will say, we're a Christian nation. We need to take our nation back for God. And then others of you would hear that and say, when will we as a nation aligned with scripture? Like really aligned with scripture. The, the first Europeans that were coming here is religious persecution, you know, England and, and, and we get that. But they were also putting them in the stocks in the middle of the city if they slightly disagreed with their doctrine. Is that religious freedom? Of course it isn't. And our founding fathers, we, we, let's get back to the biblical principles of our founding fathers. I think we understand this. I'm a really great book by, I think it was William Lane Craig wrote, called, or it might have been Greg Boyd. That's bad. I didn't, I don't remember which one. I read the book. I, I read a lot of books by both of them. But anyway, said this, um, it had a book called The Myth of the Christian Nation. that talked about the founding fathers of our country, about how most of them were more theist or Gnostics, meaning there is a God probably, or there is a God, but I can't say he's Jesus Christ in the flesh. And that's a lot of your founding fathers were saying things like this. I, I was recently talking with a very far-right Christian who I love as a brother that was telling me, we need to get back to the biblical principles of Thomas Jefferson. And my reply to that is, can you please look up the Christianity of Thomas Jefferson who edited his Bible and took all the miracles of Jesus out and only the teachings he liked, who didn't think Jesus was God in the flesh. Like, you want to get back to the principles of a man who had biblical views that are nothing short of satanic. <laughs> I don't think you do. And, and, we, and we fall this under this idea, and this is what today's episode is titled, Listen, I've Done My Research. Because we fall all this, we file all this under the idea of, well, I've done my research. I know what I know. Research is a tough word. I mean, gosh, like research is hard. Um, I remember when I was in college and I would just write a paper, but I would kind of do it similar to a podcast episode. Like the paper is on, okay, uh, you know, the paper would be on... There's a quote called, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And, and, and most war situations end up falling under that. Explain that to me in, you know, a thousand words or less. 
And I would just kind of rattle it off. And then my pet professor would put red uh, marks all over it, turn it back to me and say, do research. Research matters. I hated citing sources. We were in MLA format college. I hated citing sources. I just wanted to do it. Now I cite sources. Guys, when I preach sermons, I can show you my manuscript. I cite my sources. My wife makes fun of me. Like, Emily, you're listening to this. You think it's hilarious that I still put footnotes in a document only I will read. But I just cite my sources. I want to refer back. I don't want to be like I made this up out of thin air. If someone says, hey, where'd you get that statistic? Or, hey, that quote sounds similar to this pastor or whatever. I I literally look at my manuscript, which I have, and I say, oh, I got it from there. Because you want to cite your sources. Citing sources are tough, right? The footnotes are hard work. You don't want to do it. Um, remember in math, Oh, this was bad. Oh gosh. You guys remember in math when you did a whole math problem and then your teacher gave it back to you and said, show your work. <laughs> Dude, I did the math problem. And then your professor or your teacher would be like, yeah, but you need to show your work. Cause it, I don't know how you got that problem. And I want to make sure you're doing it the correct way. Not that you're doing the right things. Showing your work matters. What about as a Christian, right? Like, man, as a believer and a follower in Jesus, you kind of got to show your work. Now, do not confuse what I'm saying. Don't think that I'm suddenly saying, well, a works-based salvation is a reality. It's not. You can't earn God's love. You can't earn heaven. You're not going to. That's the point of the gospel. But you can't just also, like... What is your what is your way you're growing and developing as a believer in Jesus? If it's only hearing sermons or hearing a podcast or whatever, that's probably not you're not going to grow very easily, are you? Like it's not going to happen. It it takes intentionality. It takes work. You show your work. When I talk to when I mentor young pastors, a, a question I'll often ask is, "Can you tell me about the last person you you led to Christ?" Like I just want to know their story. And if they tell me things like, um, and, and some of you guys are listening to this, you know who you are. If you, if we've had conversations like this, if you tell me, well, there was this guy, um, you know, I, I taught this lesson and then afterwards he asked me questions and, you know, he prayed and accepted Jesus or he got baptized. I'd say, okay, but then what? And they'd say, well, they kept coming. And I'm like, well, okay, but what was your daily work with him? Like, or not weekly, monthly. What, what, what is the thing you're doing to help disciple him to become a more of a man or woman of Jesus, you know, like, how are you getting them into that position that's showing your work? And then all of that to say, and this is one of those roundabout episodes, right? <laughs> Where you guys were like, what does he mean? Uh, well, welcome to 100 Foot Jesus, folks. Um, and then you have things like being divided as a church. And I'm only talking about a church because I, I, I can't speak on if you're not a Christian. This is a show for Christians, if you guys haven't noticed this yet. But you and I can disagree completely politically, completely and totally politically. And then I will say to you, okay, but I see the election happen this way. You say it happened this way. Or I see the COVID vaccines that are out are this, but you say this. And I say, okay, this is how I see it. And you would say something to me like, and by the way, this is exactly what you should say to me. Well, where are you getting that? Now, what I'll say is, well, the news. And then you will say to me, why do you trust the news? Because as you guys heard at the top of the show a few minutes ago, 
can you really trust the news anymore? Are we past the days of Tom Brokaw reading the news to us in the evening like a like a father who just wants to give us the good or bad news but wants to give us the news? Like, can we trust those things? So I'll say things like, well, CDC... Because I have to study the CDC guidelines and the numbers a lot. I mean, I'm a pastor, and so I want to make wise decisions for my people, right? I love my people as a pastor so much. But I'll say, well, I got it from the CDC or the World Health Organization. You'll say, I don't, I don't agree with those. And I say, okay. And then I come back to you. Have you done your research? You say, yes, I've done lots of research. So I ask how. Now, I say this because I've been in real life situations similar to this, and you probably have too, where I ask, okay, but where did you get your research? And literally, <laughs> um, I've been in two different situations where the person started scrolling their Instagram to find the meme. That's a screenshot of a tweet. I had a person the other day that I love and I believe they believe what they believe not to be divisive, but I think they believe because they think it's the truth and I need to know it. They had a thought on vaccinations. And so they gave me a story about about a gentleman who lost his father, like died right after they got vaccine, like a vaccination, the first round. And I said, it was the Pfizer. And I said, okay, well, where did you? find that. And then they showed me a screenshot of a tweet. So I did what maybe many of you would do. I looked up that Twitter profile. The Twitter profile of the person who said, and this was massively viral, was a person who, um, (laughs) it was a person who had a Twitter biography that had existed that exact same month of the tweet. Same month. And that was a very pro-anti-vaccinations Twitter profile. Like extreme, like every word of it was anti-vax, 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 that whole month. And then suddenly said, well, my dad died when he got the, the Pfizer vaccine. Well, that's not a great trustworthy news source because there's no way to verify that. Like one person's thought. There are people with agendas. Everyone has a voice now, folks. Like, have you noticed that? Uh, it, with movies. Wonder Woman 84 comes out. And people are like, eh, it's going to be cool. I love the last one. And then everyone hitched their wagon to the narrative of that movie. Everyone said, well, here's my review of it. Well, here's my review of it. Well, here's my review of it. Well, this is what I think. This is that reality. Everyone got their own narrative because they had to hitch their wagon to the people that put in the work to do it. And now with social media, we we all have our own website. We all have our own voice. We all need to be listened to. We all need to be heard. Maybe it's a craving for acceptance. Maybe it's a craving for love. I'm not really sure what it is, but we all do. But our sources are often why we're so divisive is not just the algorithm, but it's also people like me who want to share my point of view. And if you think I'm not one of those people, do you realize, guys, that I have over 67 episodes of a podcast that's almost exclusively my views with sprinkled in with God's truth? So, of course, I'm the same way. But this is the way we're doing things these days. Our sources are that. So you say, I've done my research. Okay, well, how many .edu's did you go to? How many .govs? And some of you guys, you freak out when I say .govs. How many .orgs? Not as many as you would like. But I've done my research. Have you fact-checked that? 
Now, it used to be the news media had to fact check things. It used to be the, the, the standard practices, right, where three, three verified sources then run with the story. But now they say things like, reports say, reports are surfacing that. Um, there's one in the sports media, Dan Patrick, who hosts the Dan Patrick Show, said it used to be he had to have three verified sources when he worked at ESPN. And now... The, the phrasing they can say is, well, people are saying, and people are saying, by the way, according to Dan Patrick, who I think he's a pretty upstanding dude, says people are saying can literally be, you went to the water cooler in the office and some dude said, hey, guess what? Uh, you're not going to believe this, but Kevin Durant once traded. And then they, then they can come on and say, people are saying that Kevin Durant wants out. We don't know who to trust. We don't know what to do. Was 2020 a nightmare because of the coronavirus or because of the election? Or was 2020 a nightmare because of us? Because of our sin? Because of our pride? Because, because of our begging to be attached to things? Because of our research? Was that the reason that 2020 was bad? Did we make our own bad year, maybe? Maybe it's the way we took news. Maybe it's the way we made other bad news. Some of you guys who have like crazy anxiety, you, you feel me on this, right? Because my friends that are very anxious folks can't log into Facebook anymore because they're like, listen, if my mental health gets worse because I get anxiety because everyone's fighting and everyone's right and everyone puts snarky memes and all this kind of stuff, it's not worth my time. By the way, you're right. If your mental health can't take it, stay out of it. Stay away from it. You don't need it. But are we creating our own bad news? Was the Capitol building tragedy, and it was a tragedy from all sides, you can see it, by a bunch of people that maybe some of them were very well-meaning, and they just thought, listen, my country was stolen from me, and I need to do something about it. So I'm going to go in and make my voice heard. And by the way, there's nothing more American than making your voice heard. But they went about the wrong way. Were they fed a lot of misinformation that got them all jazzed up? Was that fueled by the president? Was that fueled by Q? Was that fueled by whoever? I don't know. I have opinions, but you don't need to know them because, frankly, you don't care. But still, but still, the question is, what about your sources? Well, I can tell you guys this. The best source I know of, and man, am I about to be as cliche Christian pastor as you ever could hear anybody be, is scripture. Ultimately, and I'm in a small group with, with some guys. Um, I actually met with them last night. They're a bunch of young guys, man, and they were talking about, you know, the idea of being feeling accepted. They're young students. And, and one of them said the most amazing thing. He said, um, he said, well, I think the problem is everyone's on social media because they can't get acceptance. They want to feel valued. They want to feel validated for their opinions, for their views, for who they think they are because they just don't feel accepted in life. And, 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 I, and I get that. Let me, um, let me read from you Romans chapter 8. Uh, not the whole thing, uh, but we'll go 31 through 30. Uh, let's go 39. Um, and we'll close with that. If you feel like I don't feel validated, the country's in shambles. Where is God in any of this? Christian, listen to these words from Paul. This is uh, Romans 
Uh, 8, 31 through 39. What then shall we say about these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He did not even spare his own son, but offered him up for us all. How will he not also grant us everything? Who can bring an accusation against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is the one who died, but even more has been raised. He also is at the right hand of God and intercedes for us. What can separate us from the love of Christ? Can affliction or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, as it is written, because of, because of you, we are being put to death all day long. We are being counted sheep to be slaughtered. So he's saying, man, what are these things that can separate us from the love of Christ? And listen to verse 37. Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth. That means all of space. Nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Christian, life is hard right now. Maybe it's on our own making. Maybe it's on our own research. Maybe it's what we're filling our heads with. But do you understand these words Paul says, who lived a terrible life fighting for, fighting for a very noble cause of the church? And he says, man, there's no persecution. There's no angel nor demon. There's nothing that's going to separate you from God's love. Nothing. You are more than conquerors for those who love him. Maybe we need to take ourselves out of these situations a bit and step back and just pray. Maybe instead of ranting on social media, we should rant to God. Hello, Psalms. <laughs> maybe, just maybe. Well, anyway, guys, thank you for this week's episode of 100 Foot Jesus. Sorry again about last week. I gave you a couple of bonus minutes this week. <laughs> I'll try to keep up. Um, life's hectic around here, but I appreciate you guys so much. I appreciate you frontline workers. I appreciate you school teachers who are trying to pivot. I appreciate you parents that are homeschooling kids that you don't know what the heck you're doing. I appreciate all of you who are just fighting a fight for Christ, man. I appreciate you. And um, I hope to speak with you guys next week. Have a great week.